Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, I couldn't make it this week. Um, had a, uh, you know, I guess a water issue um, mm-hmm. that knocked out some power to part of the city. So, um, you know, he's dealing with that. Um, you know, row, row, row your boat. Um, hopefully not, but, uh, you know. I think, I think uh, some of the areas have started getting their power back, so it's, let's, let's hope, you know. Yeah. Cross. So, you know, see how that goes. We'll see how this Boil Water Boy advisor goes uh, later, too. I mean, we live in marshes, so flood, prone to flood. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, you know, but, you know, we've done a lot of, you know, talking about, um, the trip that, you know, me and Ed did up to, um, uh, South Tech and stuff like that. But we kind of departed from our sustainability conversation and we kind of want to rotate back into that. Um, you know, we want to continue on the sustainability for additive manufacturing. We will eventually, uh, get into, uh, some sustainability for subtractive manufacturing. Mm. Um, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because that's when it gets a little bit interesting. Um, a lot more work to do. Yeah, yeah, a lot more heat. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, turn things into bars, um, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But, and the thing is, you start dealing with that with, like, chemicals, is how do you deal with, you know, the, the oil compounds and stuff like that. It's probably real similar to how, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're react or you're, oh, this is a rabbit hole, by the way. You're, yeah. you're, you're. You start with one one. <laughs> yeah, right. You're, um, thinking about, like, converting something from a solid to, like, a powder to, like, maybe even a liquid back yeah. to a solid. Um, when you do these phase changes, it it affects, like, there's a reason why when you heat, uh, like, plastic, any type of plastic, and then let it dry, or, or glass is a good example. Yeah. You have glass that's that's really, really cold, really hot, sorry, really, really hot, and you throw it in an ice bath, it'll shatter, mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. It's the temperature change shocks the system, right? And, uh, I mean... Prince Rupert's drop. Yeah, it, it's, so it's, it's, it's crazy, uh. When you do things like that, if you have to think about it on subtractive, it's such a larger scale because mm. you're taking away a lot of a bulk product instead of additive. You're using what you need. Um, yeah, I, it's it's kind of scary. I mean, but I think it needs to be tackled. I mean, just because a problem is scary doesn't mean right. Right, you avoid and, it. You know, the thing is with like subtractive is a lot of stuff you're dealing with cooling fluids, you know, and stuff like that. So now you have oil-based lubricants. And stuff like that that are on these metal shards that mm-hmm. now before it even begins the phase change, mm-hmm. you have to remove the oil base. Yeah, I mean, you talked about what was that? What was that one bit? The melt IO thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's transferring the heat to the to the um, um, the bits or the I, weld there, wire. There was a word that you were saying that for for what gets taken off of a print. Oh, it's the yeah the um. Uh, the pretty much the the junk the the excess. There there was a word I can't yeah, remember. We had to, yeah he said something like scientific it sounded. Yeah, <laughs> but, used a smart word. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, like honestly, we should like sustainability should be approached for everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we barely we ba- we talk sustainability with all the consumables that we mm-hmm. we touch on. Um, I mean, it's you think about it. W- what is something. Like you, maybe you've heard it too. Um, my family, they they have worries when they heard me three D printing and had questions. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what can you make? What can you do? Stuff like that. Like, what are you printing out of? How durable is it? Then mm-hmm. it starts building, and they start asking and getting more curious. 
But like we all get around to the food thing, and it's like, oh, can you three D print your like your utensils or, like, can you can you three D print like cups to to drink out of stuff like that? Mine then just you go glass eye. Yeah, so you you start getting it. There's there's the where the line is, and it's kind of <laughs> like gray to be honest with you because. Yeah. Why I, not? Why I, couldn't I, I you? I think my dad asks more questions than most people do yeah. about it, just because he's curious. And you know, my dad works in convention building, yeah. so it's like you start talking about. You know, 3D printers and stuff like that. And he goes, ooh, okay, that's make my life simpler. Or, hey, can you, you know, like I was talking about building them, uh, like shelving unit things for his little crash box he's got to work. No. And he goes, oh, how long will that take? I said, oh, just a few minutes. You know, I just t- it'd take long, long to ship it to you mm-hmm. than anything. He ended up boring them with Amazon. Um, it's easier to have something that's already pre-made. You right. Take the piece. And But the thing is, is, you know, that's here nor there. Um you know, it's just something that, you know, people get interested in. You know, my dad had, my dad is, you know, his family is very engineering backed, you know, but, you know, with everything going on with, with NASA and, you know, all yeah. that fun stuff. So when you start talking about 3D printers, you know, people's minds kind of start tingling. It's like yeah. bad sense. Yeah. Um, spidey sense. But, you know, speaking of engineering, um, we are going to kind of, I guess, head down a different rabbit hole today. Um. And pretty much we're going to focus still on our sustainability side of the house. But we kind of want to close the door halfway, I guess you could say, on our topic on filaments. Um, not all the way, because there's always something new that's going to pop up that we may bring up in a different conversation. Say, hey, have you tried this yet? And we may grab a roll of it, or a small roll of it, depending on the cost of it, and try it and see what the heck happens. You know, it's one of those. You know, what can you print with this? Um, believe me, he, you know, John's been trying to print polycarbonate for the past, you know, Six months. I gave up. <laughs> I got a, I got polycarbonate stuck in my mosquito hot end. I'm, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> time to eat that damn thing up to Yeah, I got it. Time to get the torch out. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is so this week we're going to talk about engineering filaments. Um, everybody hears engineering filaments and, you know, they all go, ooh, what wonder what that is, metal? No. Um, yes and no, I guess you could say. Um... Yes, metal would be considered engineering filament. And you're getting on the industrial level, so I would say, like... Right, industrial I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Joe Schmo. <laughs> that's that's not an engineer at that level uh, making something out of metal. But, you know, you never know. Yeah, you start yeah. having, you know, um, uh, you know, layer shifts on, you know, certain metal parts. And next thing you know, it's all downhill from there. Literally. Oh, um, but, you know, we start dealing with some of the more fun stuff that I guess we have to eventually dive into. Yeah, it's so, it's it's not easy for, I mean, I would say it's not easy for us to, to speak on some of the engineering filaments or the higher grade because not necessarily that we um, I mean, I'll be honest I can't print these things, I don't mm-hmm. have the means, I don't have the machine to do so so some of the experience is definitely lost there but when we do research and we we look up some of the the points and why we choose certain filaments, you boil it down to the PLA PETG comparison for mm-hmm. basic printing. It's about um the glass transition temperature on the bed when it sticks. Mm-hmm. It's about when does this what is what temperature does this print at and flow at? Uh, what is like when it gets vis- viscous? Like is it going to move? by melting it to 230 or 250 or 260 Celsius, right? Mm. Um, so we learn those things at the lower levels, and we talk, we've talk. we talked about this before, where you take those skills you've learned, and you can just apply them to the higher, me- um, not metals, well, I guess metals too, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the engineering and the up filaments, because 
you th they just need to be printed at higher temperatures. The what the goal is and what we should all kind of, I guess, understand about the filaments is that most filaments, you said it before, they could just come up and get created every day. Right. Because they're created to address a problem. instead. Uh -huh. So the filament is part of the solution, not just the medium of the solution, right? Not just what the solution was made of. So the, the print itself becomes um, just as important that it, you know, is temperature resistant. It's impact resistant. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't break down. Um, so, I mean, with those things, I, I kind of look at peak as one of the top things. But when you start combining um, polymers, you start coming up with mm -hmm. new types of types of polymers that address different things. Which, you know, Mark Forge has a, a filament. I'm not even sure what it's called, but it's flame resistant. Yeah. So that was a f polymer developed specifically to combat... Uh, continuing and catching a fire, so it's it's it'll put the fire out. So almost like it's self lubricating type situation, right? Right. So, but at the end of the day, that's the gist and kind of the jumping off point. So I would say take everything with a grain of salt because we I've not printed in peak. Yeah. And the thing is, is you know some some of the stuff that you know we've kind of gone into. The thing is, when you start thinking about engineering filaments, some of that can start all the way down at ABS. Yeah. Because ABS can be considered an engineering film, depending on what world you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, and then move its way up. Um, you know, we both have, uh, you know, a good amount of experience with ABS. And stuff stinks. Um, and then... It all stinks. Well, I think the worst <laughs> one is the one I got sitting over here on the floor. Yeah. Is polypropylene. Um, stuff is terrible. Yeah. And the one thing we got to think about is once you start getting these higher uh, filaments, like peak polypropylene, peak CF, and stuff like that, you start also dealing with, like, pieces of filament that can only stick to themselves. Mm. For example, polypropylene has to be printed onto polypropylene. Yeah. Or it won't stick. Well, it's you about know? those, yeah, those characteristics we talked about. And it's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I'm think peak has to be printed on peak. I'm not for sure. For it to stick. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm not sure. I think there's some, some of it is, like, they, they're already, like, pre-cut sheets, that's what that's what I have on the yeah, Ender and, Three. So or or the pre cut sheets and they're um, what is it, binder jetted. Mm. So some some of those um, materials are also made in those layers like that. So I mean, there's there's different materials, different ways that that these get made. But you're right. I mean, there's different byproducts as well that yeah. that kind of come off them. Um, kind of to the point that you were talking about earlier is that when we talk foot printing someone they like your family gets interested my family's like mm. curious as to what i can make but they also have the question about like microplastics and they're like okay well we 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 have tupperware everywhere we're talking about like these things don't degrade blah 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 mm -hmm. we've we've mentioned before pla is biodegradable yep. we've mentioned before pet g is not as biodegradable not really at all <laughs> yeah. you're gonna probably need to recycle that a little bit but like when you get to the engineering filaments, for a, a filament or a polymer to get to that high enough whatever resistance that you're looking for, you tend to create some things that are resistant to everything, right? right. So it's kind of a byproduct of making your polymer more advanced and more durable. It's going to last longer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you, the part of the goal. You, so, you start getting into the, the whoops, what the heck did I do? 
Yeah, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so, that's that's the goal. You want it to last longer. You want it to take the impact. You right. don't want it to be like, you don't want it to break the first time you use it because then what's the point of printing? It's all for naught. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's the other side of things is like being being conscious to, um, you know, what is what is attainable and, and kind of what you can, I don't know, what you can take care of or what you can recycle instead mm-hmm. of just making just to make stuff sometimes i mean i i guess more of what i'm trying to say is have a have a plan for your project if you start printing and things like this i mean rapid iterations are nice but every time i print a model i'm sa- i save that model to show off somewhere mm-hmm. later i'm like oh this is cool i'll leave it on my desk yeah. but what happens when you do hundreds of those and you start throwing them away yeah. each time you want a new model? And, and the thing is, is that touches on a good point, is start with the lower filaments before you make your final product. Yeah. So it's like, well, I need to test this in people. Don't make everything okay. out. Yeah, make only the, the it, working part, right? It's like if you need to test something, if you're printing in peak, so if you're using a Stratasys machine, you're printing in peak, mm-hmm. start with PLA. Print out your test models, make sure it fits and stuff like that, and then print and peak for the final couple. Mm-hmm. You know, and just keep those on you know the side shelf. You know, just in case something happens, you can return back to, you know, a known good point. Right. Because you're not using one, well, you're not using that much filament. Because I'm going to tell you what I've seen in, in, in uh, just by looking, just by doing a lot of in depth research, just looking here a second ago, on some peak stuff. It's expensive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so well, there's a reason, man. It's you ain't gonna be using a lot of it. I mean, it's this is the stuff that if I were to make like a replacement for a metal, mm-hmm. it would be made out of a carbon fiber peak or a nylon peak or something similar, like um, engineering type filament. Because like hell, we've seen even some some um, leaf springs have gone to uh, a, a polycarbonate yeah. or a poly um, some type of polymer versus the full steel springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or steel leaf springs like they're different now right doesn't mean that they're not more or not durable i mean the same thing with carbon fiber like a carbon fiber hood or like mm-hmm. if, a, if a bike an electric bike is is made and they talk about a carbon fiber frame it it the density of that bike they if they got off of it they could probably lift it with a single finger probably um but that bike is still does the job right so i mean yeah and it's like, if you think about it, I'm looking right here, and this is kind of tell you something. Peak 3D printing filament, right? 500 grams. Mm-hmm. That's only a half spool. 500 grams. It's $357. Yeah, it's only a half spool. Now, that's from, from Filometrics, which is mm-hmm. a good company. No. Now, they also sell the a full spool of peak enhanced carbon fiber. Yeah. At $227 a spool. Hey, get you a steel. So, <laughs> you know, these things are not cheap. They're not cheap films at all. They're not ones that you're going to go out. You're also talking about five, $6,000 printers to be able to print this stuff because they can get to that heat. Well, yeah, like, we, there's one thing we haven't really mentioned. It's like, so what temperatures are are we needing to hit? Yeah. And you're asking us, it's like, you kind of need to hit, like, 400 degrees Celsius. Like, that's really fucking hot, and you stand... Oh, excuse my friend. That's really hot, and you stand chance of burning down whatever facility you're at if you don't have proper precautions and safety in place. Yeah. So, like, I would not suggest printing it at your house unless you unless you have a well-ventilated area, unless you have, um, you know, a, a fire suppression system, 
um, or, or some type of cutoff, right? Mm. So there's like these these are things that I would hope. Yeah, because think you would about already this. have done. The peak. I'm looking at the Phil Matrix website right yeah. now, just to kind of see what's going on. Recommended nozzle temperature for this stuff is between 370 to 420 degrees Celsius. Recommended bed temperature is 120 degrees. Yeah. So my thermistor or my bed thermistor can't even heat consist. Like we talk about that temperature, and let's say your print is eight inches tall. Yeah. And it takes a day to print. That means that bed needs to have a, a level heat, consistent heat, for over a day at 100 and what, 20? 100, 100, oh, greater than 120 degrees. Greater than 120. I would expect warpage if it's not clipped down. Yeah, and it's, it, it might be less down. than, it, it's, you know, it's going to be less than or equal to freaking, or maybe more than 120 degrees. I'm, because think about this. You're like I'm looking at it. Your heated chamber temperatures are between seventy to one hundred and forty degrees. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, and you're gonna dry this thing at one hundred and twenty degrees Celsius. You need an enclosure. <laughs> Your filament needs to be dried as it goes in yeah. and as it comes out of its spool, or and as it goes into the extruder. Like you'll probably need a direct direct drive just because it it lowers the distance that it needs to push through and have that high temperature. Because I can guarantee you. That eight-hour print will burn your PTFE, uh, PTFE tube mm-hmm. completely. So, yeah, just all things considered, if you're at that level, I there, there's a checklist that I hope you'd have already gone through. We talked about it before. If you're not sure how to make a preventative maintenance checklist, go back and look at it. You need to look at your printer, and you need to see what are the dangers of me running this yeah. and, and what is the benefit because... Uh, you you have to have the enclosure. You need to you need to monitor your your enclosure's temperature. You need to monitor the the area around it and make sure that no one kind of st- um you know messes with your print. But I highly doubt an Ender three that is is going to be able to do these things because oh, no. you're going to have to upgrade your thermistor, your hot end, your heater cartridge, your bed heater. Your bed probably, you're going to have to probably take off your power supply because it's too close to the bed. It's going to be too hot. So there's, you probably need a metal a metal extruder. Like There's a lot of things that you would have pretty much had to do, and you have to buy almost a pretty, uh, almost an entire new printer. So it, it almost makes it a, not really a great idea to get the Ender 3 and upgrade it. At that point, I would say you probably want to go for uh, a higher-end model. And then mm. just buy like a mosquito hot end with the thermistor that like the PT one thousand is a temperature is a temperature sensor that's pretty standard. Yeah. P T one thousand and you can look that up on Amazon and find it. So it's it's pretty straightforward. But at the end of the day, if you're printing these higher temperatures, these are the things that you have to do. You have to consider the dangers with all of them, and then you have to think about your ventilation with the you know you as you as the user are also very important. <laughs> Without you, nothing gets made. Yeah. So if you're inhaling, you know, plastic fumes all day, I can guarantee you it's going to have some effect on you. It's like I'm looking at the, you know, just kind of dinking around. Thermo, Thermo X Peak, right? Stop buying filament. What, you buying filament over here? No, no definitely not because <laughs> I can't print it. So because you got extruder temperature that 375 to 410, yeah. bed temp 135 to 145. Yeah. Heated chimp 70 to 140. You know, and now you have to print it on a PEI sheet or tape. What is that? Does that look like it, something's like bending up right yeah, there? Yeah, that's that, bed adhesion. 
Oh, it's telling you you need you need you need better adhesion or clamps. Yeah, or you need to run a glue stick on a clean on clean glass, <laughs> or Ultium PEI uh, sheet or tape. Yeah, and if you don't use if you don't put that, so by the way, guys, people, it's a point two layer height or more, or more. Or point, more. Point two is about standard though. Yeah, but um, if you have glass, when people are talking about using a glue stick, it's not about bed adhesion. It's about it having it as a separation for after the print. So you don't snap your glass. So you don't, it will become one with the glass. So just a, just a yeah. pro tip right there. Like we oftentimes get mixed up with glue and sprays thinking it's supposed to help stick to the bed. Yeah, maybe at first, but at the end of the day, it's because you want that off the bed. Yeah. I can tell you, I know so many people, you know, just talking to friends and watching stuff, you know, on the YouTube and reading stuff online and people saying, oh, well, I, I just did my first print. However, I snapped my bed that's made out of the glass. Well, because you didn't put anything on top of it. Yeah, chunks of glass everywhere. You know, which it happens to the best of us. Um, if you haven't destroyed three or four beds in the time, guess what? You're not really doing right. Um, yeah, it's the same thing as you, if you're drilling a hole in wood and you don't want to fray the edges of the wood, you put a piece of tape down. Yeah. And you, because the, the adhesive will catch everything mm -hmm. and, and you'll have cleaner breaks. So, I mean, you just got to employ, I mean, we'll, we'll eventually we'll have like a deep a deep dive series about physics of things, but like, yeah. you just have to think about it and there's, there's a lot of sense that gets made. It, it's like, you know, be smart about it because the yeah. thing is, you st even if you, even if you start dealing with, you know, in the Voron world, um, you start dealing with nylons. Yeah. And you start printing in a, in, in a nylon environment. You start, you know, printing just, you know, that's beginner. I guess you'd say nylon is your your beginner engineering film. It's crazy, though, to think about because that's not easy to print with. <laughs> no. And, you know, some people are like, oh, we're going we're to print nylon, we're going to print nylon. Okay, well, that's cool. However, nylon is a beast. It's, you know, from what I've read and stuff like that and people I've talked to and stuff we've seen. Even when we went to Rapid, they're talking about nylon is not an easy easy event there's event. a reason we want to use it though right there's clear benefits of it and the thing is it also it also shows what type of um um you know heating chamber you need as far as for your dryers you know if you're gonna make a dryer enclosure like i just saw one guy made one earlier it holds 40 spools and it spins it's a rotisserie oven. That's what that is. No, it's not. No, it, well, it's, it, it does have a heating <laughs> pad in it, and it has some de de decus in. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Right. So, I'm but just it, saying. It, it's you know the problem is like if you start if you start keeping something like that in your house, okay, or in your shop, okay, just don't put your p your peak with your PLA in a hundred and twenty degree enclosure. Because I guarantee you, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get PLA glue. Yeah, the spool. <laughs> thing. You, I it won't like melt to a goop, but all of your all of your strands of spool that as it was laid down are gonna be melted and together and like one, fused together. Yeah. So you'll have a spool that's like perfectly circle and stuck. <laughs> right. Maybe a little drippage. Right. And the thing is, is that also goes to the fact that sometimes you see people that they're not. You know, they're trying to run, you know, certain filaments, but they want to run the uh, paper spools. For engineering filaments, you really don't see paper spools. It's tough. And so, which for some printers are good, some printers not so much. It's like if you start talking about the Bamboo Labs and, um, AMS, you have to have the plastic ring. What do you mean? 
around the outside of these uh, cardboard filaments, uh, cardboard spools for them to work. Also, oh, it rolls cleaner. Yeah. Yes. So I've noticed that issue with my the printout that I have, which mm. is just a which is just a version of the standard tushy um, ball bearing mm. or skateboard bearing, whatever um, rollers. Um, but yeah, with the cardboard spools, if the sp- if the cardboard gets wet, it frays at the end, and if it if it's too big, it won't roll cleanly, and it did stop one of my prints because it pulled itself off of mm-hmm. the rollers, so I had to bolt it down. I had the same problem with uh with mine. Yeah. It just just decided that it didn't want to be there anymore, and it just pulled right I, off. I came home one day, and they're in pieces. So, you know, playing 52 pickup. I got to make another one, though, because I, I there's one that you can bolt down, and that's pretty much what you need, because then mm. it'll just pull the spool off of it instead of throwing everything everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, the funny part is for, like, my Voron, you're talking about almost, a, what, a $1,000 printer, and I'm using the same um, uh, spool holder from an Ender on the Voron. Um, hey, if it works, it works. Right. You know, but the thing is, it's like you have to feed it from the back, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, but that's here, not here nor there. But yeah. the thing is, is you know, we start talking about recycling of these, um, um, uh, you know, filaments like peak and peak CF, um, and you start talking about like recycling of nylons. You mm-hmm. start talking about it's tough, man. You know, um, deep breath break. Um, oh, you good? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you start dealing with the polycarbonate, polycarbonate ABS, or polycarbonate mm-hmm. carbon fiber, you know, and how those have to be recycled. Right. You know, we start dealing with a, a totally different freaking environment. Sorry, I found a sticker on my... <laughs> you found a tag, sir? Yeah, there's a tag that I didn't realize was there, so I was, like, pulling on it. Probably going to un- unwind my entire jacket, but... um. But no, yeah, it's we. I mean, it's not easy. It's not an easy topic. Right. They're the most durable filaments. They're the most, um, um, or sorry, they're the least susceptible to bio de- uh, degrading. So like when you talk about what do I do with it if it's I don't need this part anymore, mm. or what do I do with it if, um, you know, if I'm done. I, for me, reach out to the to the manufacturer and hopefully they can recycle it for you and, and, and give you something right. worth worth something. But on the other side of things that I've I so the FDA has actually approved some 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 peak implants uh, for some medical conditions or mm-hmm. medical patients. Um, so the sustainability is if we could repurpose the filament, and then we can have so uh, we can use it to make parts that like let's say are needed in the medical field, mm-hmm. and since they're highly resistant to bio biodegrading, they can exist inside a human body for much longer. Meaning they can do whatever you're missing, right? Mm-hmm. The doctor can input it as a spinal uh, implant. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there's questions that can be said. For weight bearing and things like that, but mm-hmm. it's a higher durability, so I would accept. I would hope that it could take at least half your body weight or something like that. Right. Like talking about, um, it, you you talk about your kneecap and things like that. You can reprint that and put a kneecap, uh, or or sorry, if it's cracked or chipped or yeah. anything like that. I mean, those are things that like you can you can implant in with peak that 
your body won't fully reject mm-hmm. and has been FDA approved, but also um, will last you quite some time. And this kind of leads me to, you know, kind of down a different rabbit hole. Yeah. Is do we, I don't know, I haven't really seen any, engineering grade resin filaments? I think they're high, they're, they're not as tested. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. Polyspectra. Yeah. Polyspectra, the core, the core series, the core black, core, I, I mean, the rest of the names escape me, but. The, the green, the black. There's a green, there's a yellow, yellow one, but yellow. I don't know if they're just colored base name, but core, C-O-R is, is I think the base name yeah. for a lot of them. But yeah, if you ask me, they make one. Fosen makes an impact resistant one. Yep. I, I would call those engineering resins because um, these are resins that will have the characteristics that we're looking for, mm-hmm. but they, they they undergo a fundamentally different process. However, with polyspectra, they prove to us yep. that with that other process, they can now create thermal resistance. Right. right? Exactly. They can now create a higher adhesion and layer layer bonding. They can create a, a, p, a part that will stand, you know, pressure better than a standard resin. So mm-hmm. for me, I think it makes sense. And yes, I, they do have it. But I don't think it's as, as like, prevalent as, like... Yeah, because I know about the like, dental uh, resins. Yeah, so so for, for resin printing, it's about the resolution. Because you can get it, you can get a very, like, precise... You can get up to 12K mm-hmm. resolution. You can get a very precise part. So if you need like let's say, um, um, yeah, the, the uh, a tooth design to fit or something like right. a crown or something like that that you're putting in there, then I would say resin print is the way to go because it's gonna fill everything out and be exact. Mm-hmm. Whereas the filament with the, the point, unless you have a point one nozzle or smaller, Oof. which to me, every time you go half half your nozzle. You're cutting, you're double. I'm sorry, you're doubling and tripling your print time. Right. So if you got an hour print and you go from a 0.6 to a 0.3 millimeter uh, nozzle um, diameter, then your print's gonna be like four or five hours. Right. So if it's much bigger than that, you can just get my catch my drift. It takes like a day for a four or five hour print. Like mm-hmm. it's that much longer. So I mean, but you get you get their finer lines because it's a thinner layer. Um, and you can, you can kind of adjust things and speed things up so it works a little bit better, mm-hmm. but you're working against the physics of the filament and yeah. how it cools and things like that because your natural environment is the best environment for PLA and PETG, but not for some of those higher engineering filaments. Right. This is why we need the enclosure. And, you know, that, that kind of leads, that kind of makes me wonder, it's like, because, you, you know, we saw the core, you know, resin and stuff like that, and we started talking about Yeah, they about boiled it. They, they, they boiled boil it, water, yeah. which now leads me down the rabbit hole of how do you recycle it, our stuff. If you can boil it, it's not going to happen to it. Yeah, so it's, this is, the, now you've, now you, you see my dilemma that I have, the question that kind of comes up every single time where it's like. Well, being a California-based company, I'm sure they have to figure out something. Yeah, I'm not saying that they don't. <laughs> They're just like, no, we use these parts forever. They never go bad. <laughs> no, but but, but yeah. seriously, like, the test parts probably get reused constantly, but I doubt that they have a very large, unused uh, side of the house. But these guys, we met them at Rapid. They struck me as a very planned and calculated group. 
Like there was a, 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 a section of them that were definitely the thinkers, mm-hmm. and a section of them that was definitely the drivers. So right. that they would drive and push and say, "Hey, I need this," so that we can affect change. Yeah. Bring product to the table. You need to do this. And yeah, we'll have to have them on with us one time just to you know have a conversation with them, especially prior to next year's um, uh, wrapping. That'd be nice. You know, before we go out there and have a conversation, you know, out there and you know see them again. You know, because pretty cool dudes. You know, yeah, put some questions together and see if we have something that you know we wanna we wanna push the point on, or maybe a product that they have yeah. or something. And then we'll have definitely have some of the probably the beginning of the uh, probably towards the end of this year, beginning of next. Yeah. Um, stuff people from um, uh, South Tech that we're gonna talk to, um, but you know that's here nor there. It's just the fact that you know when you start talking about these companies who are making these you know extreme filaments and extreme resins, you know these guys are they're, they're thinking about all this stuff. They're really getting into ground with that. You know it, it's you know they're you know Polyspectra is a is a chemical based company. Um, you know they're full of chemical engineers that started out at you know just some startup. Um, um, incubator, you, you and then it, you know went from there, sense. and then you know slowly but surely took their you know what they're doing to the you know grand, you know you know spec the side of you know going to these shows and you know being there and you know and you know showing off, you know. But then you start getting into, um, for example, like we were talking about is um um uh the ABS based filament. You feel like you figure out what it was. It's an order code. Oh, so you have the inspection sticker. I'm get my phone number on it. Yeah, it was inspected by Bob. Yeah, I got an inspection sticker. Okay, sorry, <laughs> it was weird. It was tickling my neck, so I was feeling it. It was, it was weird. But, you know, the thing is you start getting into, like, the, the ABS type of filament, you know, or, or resin, you know, the impact resistant. Yeah. You know, that stuff is made, can be, you know, easily recycled as far as, you know, like regular ABS. Well, that's the thing Hopefully. is, once you can start, once we get into the realm of, we're printing at, you know, PLA PETG, we're printing utility parts that need, that use the, most of the time, I should say, so mm-hmm. there's, there's outliers, of course, but most of the time they use the existing support or the existing structure, so like, for me, I use PLA to mount a shelf. Mm-hmm. I'm using the wood mounted into the, the stud of the wall, the plastic is just something in between that's tying them together mm-hmm. but that's not where the strength comes from because if i tightened it down a little bit more i'll snap these right so for me like once we get into those higher levels now you start become these become your utility and your tools hammers yeah you know pry bars um like these can be wedges all these are printed now um i bet you you can't make a blade but you might be able to. You probably could sharpen it, but it won't last. <laughs> yeah, you can do what you so, want to do. For but but you, but you see what I'm saying is like when the the impact resistance come into play, the temperature resistance come into play. Yeah, I mean it can be something as like, um, as like every day like a, a, a s'more is like a marshmallow holder for the fire. You, right. You're able to put this in the fire though, right? Boom. There's your answer. So like I think it's. We create these things to solve some questions and to solve some dilemmas in our life. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would even be wouldn't be surprised if someone was able to print that that they were printing something as small as like a lock for a door, right? Makes sense. Maybe there's not like heavily expensive items in there, but like it's a small latch lock that's gonna last. Maybe the latch is outside, so it needs to last outside mm-hmm. for a long time. If you make it out of peak, you guarantee ten years life plus. Why not? Right. 
And, you know, the thing is, when you start printing peak and stuff like that, you also have, like, what you're talking about with supports. Right. Um, support, you know, structures and stuff like that. That's when you start really getting to the fun stuff. You start dealing with, like, the water-soluble uh, supports. And, and like hips. And like hips and stuff like that, which eventually mm -hmm. I want to play with, but, you know, I need a dual extruder to be able to, you know, get any close to that. We'll get there. That's a, that's a headache in and of itself. You know, but... And I just think it'd be fun because you know I get this whole entire print I could dip in water and all guess what all this all the films are gonna start breaking off all, all the you know the pieces are gonna be breaking off eventually yeah right <laughs> so you know it's, it takes it's less time of having to cut them out with a pair of snips and you know causing a mess yeah it it's it's not it's just tough I mean honestly it's a lot of work to 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 do but like mm -hmm. having some supports that'll wash away. You can really have some more complicated structures. So yeah. I, yeah. And if you think about it, you know, we start dealing with you know film uh, like resins now and stuff like that. You know, as we're talking about the wa the the washing away of supports and stuff like that, you start dealing with a lot of your higher end film and uh, resins now are now going to a water soluble, mm. you know, or water cleanable um, um, uh, process. And getting more away from the the alcohol based, less toxic, right? And the thing is, is that's also one less thing you got to recycle, Hopefully, because you're yeah. not having to recycle the alcohol. You just kind of just, you know. You can actually. That's crazy. You can reuse a lot of that, right? Um, alcohol. The uh, if if it's isopropyl, you can really cure. You can leave your bin or whatever your cure tank outside, mm -hmm. and it should solidify all that gunk, <laughs> and it should should. Yeah. Unless if you mixed it with other stuff, but we the resin, the resin should solidify with sunlight. So it's it's kind of like you know Most when, when when you when you clean a uh, a fryer, you just kind of throw a couple of potatoes in there. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, exactly. Exactly. So you you sit like for me, I have like a table like whenever I take out prints from the resin, uh, and I like if I need to take supports and stuff off, if mm -hmm. I need to clean or process anything, I have like a baker sheet that I do this in. And then it sits out in the sun, so those things can cure on their own and dry. Mm. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, it's something that like for me, uh, I, you need to toss it out and clean it. If I have a bin that I use usually using isopropyl to clean off stuff, the it's washing off resin that's not cured. So putting it out in the sun, you're just gonna cure the rest of it. Right. It'll be weird looking. It'll be like a blob when it comes out. But I'd rather a blob than. And reused alcohol than you pouring out alcohol and resin into a sink, right? Or, or, or another way. I mean, you or can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. Right. Don't pour resin down the sink. It's yeah. not good for anybody. You know, the the thing is, unless you're dealing with the ones now where it's like, okay, these are rinsable. No. You know, where you don't have. Well, there's to no, there's no while you're soluble, so that's right. that's a little bit different. But it's the same thing safer. with like, yeah, it's 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 the same thing with with like. Um, when they when they started using uh, well you have like the uh, the lighter fluid versus mm -hmm. uh, uh, coals uh, that already have the fluid on them too mm -hmm. so like you you don't have to let someone soak things you take away step out and it's already there they just gotta light it so it's but it's a safety step so right. like you can you work it into the process you force people to have to do the safety step so that they can make sure that your product isn't causing them harm right. And, you know, but that's the fun part about getting into more of your advanced filaments and stuff like that, or resins, is, 
is you really kind of get in kind of hurt you. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is you get to kind of see the, the different nuances of the different type of equipment and some of the that you have to get into. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, I really hope that, you know, everybody who, you know, who's listening in, you know, is willing to go out and take a look at some of these filaments. You know, these are the type of filaments that you also see that when they pelletize this type of stuff and yeah. through, 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 through pellet printers, you know, the ones you see on the end of cuckoo arms, you know, on the end of, um, uh, you know, Fanuc or ABB or yeah. Yaskawa robots, Motoman, um, or, you know, the end of just a regular three printer robot arm that's somebody swinging around trying to print. Yeah. You know, you start dealing with pelletized, um, uh, you know, filament, and that's when you start getting to some of your higher level engineering filaments because bigger the print, yeah. you know, bigger the size you need. And that's you start dealing with large amounts of like ABS, nylon, and stuff like that. The, and this is where you get your you're printing aeronautical parts, you're printing marine parts, boats, mm -hmm. part car, like it's your, your bumper for your car probably could be printed at that level. Like, yeah, this is the the level of innovation just grows, and it's it's something that's like now this is easier to do with the knowledge that you had just printing on an Ender three. Mm -hmm. Not, yeah. not just that. I mean, you need some extra gumption, but... Right. And I'm sure we could do an entire episode just on pellet extruders and pellet printers because that stuff is a very niche environment, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot to it. And the thing is, is now you can even 3D print your own um, pellet extruder. Yeah. You can 100% open source. Yeah, I was looking for one for the Chiron. I need to do something with it. It's a god-awful machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it doesn't like to print <laughs> longer than like. Well, you just got to turn into a big giant ender. Two hours, it's gonna be a giant ender. It has to be. It has to be. I mean, we we can get. I don't know how. I don't know if we want to get too far into MC um or sorry uh, microcontrollers, but like, I mean, we I can deep, we could deep dive into that maybe on the next one or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think the but, next one is gonna be one of our better. But to be honest with you, I think that's a great that's a great example for that episode and like something to look forward to because I'm I'm ac absolutely gonna take this AnyCubic Chiron. I'm gonna rip out its guts, the electronics boards and the harnesses and all that stuff, and I'm gonna redo it because Ender did it better. Yeah. So I'm gonna make an Ender Max, and I've got the parts to make an Ender Max because I've got old broken down Enders. So yeah. that's something that like it makes sense to talk about MCUs right. or consumables too. You, you can go through them. I mean, if you don't know what your pen-out board looks like, you can probably even do your own printable logic controller board, too, mm -hmm. PCB, if you want. Um, so I, it's just the controller, but we get we get into those details a little right. bit later. So. Oh, I still got an extra um, Ender 3 that I can, I might. Is might it 427? I think so. Okay. Let me let me look at mine, too. I might have to ask you for that. I might have to try to get that off you because it, it, I, think I, I think I only got 427. It might be a four. It might be. I know the Ender Five is a four two seven. Yeah, um, I've converted pretty much everything I have to a four two. Uh, oh, no, I've got two. Just use the big tree. Uh, I've got two on the big tree. I've got one on the four seven. I think I might have an extra four seven actually. Yeah, like two, I'm running the octopus on the on the on the Voron. Right. Um, which eventually that needs to see, and we can, we're gonna change. go into the, the like, this is something yeah. that we've got to leave for next because we we'll go into details and there's a reason why we call them these things and there's reasons why we 
say one is good for this or that. But so it's yeah. There's a lot more detail to go into. And they're I, I hate to say they're um um you know throwaway parts, but they kind of are. Um, it's hard to reuse. Yeah, because once you burn them out, you're done. These are the ones that you would take to your recycler. Uh, we, yeah, we'll talk about it more, but we take to your recycler, and they have to like melt it down and, yeah. and sort the metals out. Or, or give it to a friend, and they'll fix it for you. I'll use or, it somewhere Or else. use it for their own you know, devious purposes. Yeah, you want an orange pie just to, have, just to see if it works? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you it works. It's just not the prettiest. <laughs> Still works, don't it? Orange pie. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's what we'll talk about, I think, next time, is we'll kind of get into more of the MCU side of the house and, yeah. you know, that fun stuff. Um, we'll probably even talk a, talk a little bit more about um, not just the MCU, but the host, if you're hosting yeah. Clipper. Yep, because you start, you start really dealing with a lot of other stuff, and you can do off-printer hosting if you really wanted to, and it's only a little weird. I'll say preferable to me. I don't know. Some people fight it, but well, stop being a dinosaur. The thing is, is people are able to host Clipper on small mini PCs, and so they're straight off of the MCU. I've got a laptop that's from, like, 2010. I imaged it with Mint, Linux Mint. It could be my Clipper host. However, the battery is the failing point. I couldn't keep it running long enough. <laughs> so what do we do? We spend a hundred and something dollars on Raspberry Pi. I'll take um, that. Hey, $40 for an orange pie. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna wait good six deal. months from Alibaba. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's, it's coming from China. It's definitely. <laughs> so, you know, but you know that's something that we'll definitely dive into next time. I think we've yeah. kind of hit the nail on the head on this one, as we kind of close the door, uh, at least prop the door shut, um, on filaments for now. Until, it's gonna slam open again. Yeah, until I mean, we find something else we like. Um, I, I'm sure we'll slam the door right back open again. We we'll start talking about pellets. Um, I mean NASA's got some alloys that are just insane, crazy. Like they've 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 got the the strongest metal alloy, and they're printing it in space. Yeah, that's just wild. So, so we will definitely slam this door back open again. So you know it's definitely a a, a prop shut. It's not latched. Yeah. Um. But you know we want to say you know thank you to everybody who's listening to us and who's listened to us this far, listen to us kind of ramble on about this stuff. Um. You know, get out there, you know, do some 3D printing, you know, always be learning something. Have a little bit of fun with it. Go check out our blog um, and go check out uh, Printed Heritage um, along with uh, Vulcan R3D where you might get some shirts. We're going to probably get some, we got to get the shirt stuff back up and running again so you guys get some merch from that. You know, a little bit more 3D printed. Should probably do it like waves, like. Yeah, I think we got like two or on, two or three on them down there now. Uh, we'll probably add more later. You know, just so people can kind of, you know, get, uh, you know, some 3D printed stuff going on. You know, because you really don't see a lot of that. But, you know, the good thing is, is, uh, you know, the numbers coming up, we're at 2,042. We're rocking and rolling. We're doing really well. Um, you know, I want to say thank you to every single person who's listened to us. You know, I'm seeing some new listeners from some new areas. You know, I want to say, hey, you know, you know, welcome, welcome in. You know, we we we're, we hope that, you know, we kind of help guide you to that, to you know, to what you want. If you have any questions, you know, send us a, a question or comment or, or something like that. And if you're not in the U.S., um, which I can see a good amount of y'all are not inside the U.S., um, send us, uh, you know, what y'all are working on. 
Um, yeah. You know, s send us the type of filaments that you guys have. Don't worry about converting it to English either. It's fine. Yeah, we, we can take care of that. Um, I, I don't mind doing a little bit of research. Or, you know, and, and don't change it from, you know, the, uh, you know, Imperial to uh, Freedom Use. <laughs> um, Please, you know. yeah, use use Imperial. It's you, easier for yeah. me to con conceptualize. Like. You know, use your local currency, your local stuff, and, you know, just let us know where you're from and, you know, what y'all are working on. Because, you know, to be honest with you, it'd be kind of cool knowing what kind of printers y'all are using. All my schoolwork was in Imperial. Yeah. It's, it's just easier to do math. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. So, so you yeah. know, mine's in, you know, supply chain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is not fun. But, you know, I want to say thank you um, again. You know, and I want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to us. And, you know, we can't wait to talk to some of y'all. So, all right, from my side, thank you. Yeah, I always echo uh, appreciation. Um, this is it's nice to have a platform. Um, we're... we're kind of dropping a lot of knowledge but if you catch us anything that you're confused on or, or you think hey that's not right um i'm not against being corrected absolutely fine with it i'd rather have clarification anyways it means that there's less confusion for me because um, confusion builds anxiety sometimes so it's one of those things where if you don't know you get worried but yeah ask if you don't know, ask. If you have a question, ask. If you're curious about something, ask. If you want us to go in a direction, just let us know. Um, we, we're you know fresh minds, ready to kind of um, help out wherever we can. So um, once again, thank you to everyone. Check out the websites and stay tuned for more. Yep. All right, y'all. You know, and also by the way, I just thought about this. Let us know how you're you're using um, 3D printing and STEM and. Yeah. In, in your area. Yeah. So, all right, guys. You know, we'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Take care. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.